When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Friday by my main man, Derek the Kid Bell. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk or anywhere you get your podcasts. And today, we're going to keep it rolling. We're going to go back to the defensive side of the ball. Me and Derek been diving in every Friday for the last three weeks now in different parts of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Today, the secondary, which surprisingly enough, I think has more questions than anywhere else. But as always, Derek, it's a beautiful day here in the Berg. How you feeling, my friend? I'm feeling good, man. It's, it is hot as you know what outside, but I'm ready to talk <laughs> some football. Um, we got camp um, fastly approaching us, so looking yes, forward sir. to that. Very, very quickly. I have uh, one weekend. I told everybody I'm not going to have my laptop. It's going to be beautiful. And then we'll go back. But to start this off, I wanted your opinion on your guy, Ben Roethlisberger. I don't (laughs) know if you've seen the headlines. I'm sure you have. He's been all over the news because he talked to Ron Cook of the Post-Gazette, said a lot of things. I think a lot of things stood out, but, you know, nothing really huge to break down. The big one, in my opinion. Mike Tomlin, Kevin Colbert, basically saying, you know, we don't want you. We don't want you. Like, and he came out and said there was no love from either of them. Yeah. I want to know, I want to know your reaction on on that whole situation now that you've seen that. I knew that last year, though. I mean, I I I knew that that was a Rooney thing. Like we, I think you probably did too, but um, I mean, it was really the Rooney's trying to bring him back for that final season. Um, like he said, I think Tomlin was really like indifferent towards it. Like he was ready to, you know, go if he needed to go or he was ready to accept whatever was going to happen. Um, and then it seemed like Colbert was kind of that guy that was like really ready to move on. Cause remember like they waited forever last year in terms of like his new contract and stuff didn't get announced until like February. I mean, there was a period of time where it was like a six week span where, you know, we didn't have any info, like if he was retiring, if he was coming back, if they were going you know, cutting, whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, Ben's uh, very honest, I guess, in the media. Very and I think that that's Especially uh, in his old age. As yeah. he's getting and older, he really gives he did, no cares. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that's um, – it's good for people like us for sure, and I think it's it makes for good talking points. The other stuff that he said, I mean, 
Um, really, there was nothing in there that I thought was like overly surprising, but it was no, one of them nothing. things where, um, you know, it's it's interesting. I'm curious on what I want to see is like how involved he is, like, you know, moving forward. Um, if he's going to be, um, you know, if we're going to see him at, you know, the new stadium yeah. uh, very much, you know, this year <laughs> or just moving forward in general. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I agree. Because I thought that's where that went. Is it rem- obviously, I mean, there's a million Troy's the big one, but Heinz Ward, all those guys who were kind of pushed out of there. I don't know. Like I thought, I thought when I saw Colbert, because I knew it last year too, there was everything floating around. But the fact that he confirmed it and named names, I think mm-hmm. was like, whoa. All right. And like I, I'm just I the first thing I thought when I read it, I was like, oh, Derek's gonna be pissed when he reads this. Derek's <laughs> gonna be pissed. Because that's a whole, I mean, like you're not going nine and seven with who would it would have been Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. You're not going nine and seven with either of those guys. Yeah, I mean, he, he said it too. And, I mean, I, I don't think any of us are going to sit here and say that, like, we think that he played, like, extremely well last year because he didn't. Uh, but the Steelers yeah. also set him they, – they also set him up to fail. Like, we've talked we've talked about that too. So, um, it was just kind of, uh, you know, scratch and claw your way to the playoffs. And, I mean, I don't think um, – in general, I think Steeler fans, uh, because they've only like a lot of them have only seen this happen really one time with Ben. They've only seen like a legend, especially a quarterback, like go out like that. And obviously he wasn't nearly the player that he once was. But like if you just look at NFL history, like some quarterbacks, man, they go out like really, really bad. And I don't bad. I don't think that that's really uncommon. And I mean. Ben's numbers last year were a little rough um, and, you know, nothing compared to what we're used to seeing from him. But at the same time, they made the playoffs. I mean, a playoff appearance and, you know, he got that final send off at Heinz Field. That was not worst case scenario for like what could have happened. I mean, he could have been benched. I mean, like we there was there's a lot of different um, endings that I think could have been much worse. So um, I don't I don't look too much into it beyond that, honestly. No, no. And I agree with you. I mean, like Ben, the way Ben went out was great. I mean, there's so many. So I still remember I watched all three of Brett Favre's final throws be interceptions. All three of them. You know, like that's terrible. Ben, Then like Ben's going to get remembered. Brett Favre will get remembered for that. You know what I mean? Ben's going to get remembered for the Browns Monday night game. That's how you're going to remember Ben. Easy, which yeah. is a great – like that's exactly how he should have went. Um but just like you said, that's not worst case scenario. Without with Ben there, you're nine and seven, and you get into the playoffs. With if Mason or Dwayne was your quarterback, you would have had a better draft pick, and you would have still got the same player. Like yeah, they that's were going to probably take Kenny regardless. That's so. what I'm saying. You would have picked eighth, and you would have picked Kenny Pickett instead. You got him at twenty. You kept your winning streak alive. You know, you've had one great year with a quarterback. I, I wonder, too, if 2020 wasn't like the pandemic and if 2020 was um, all fans in the stadium. I wonder if he would have walked away after that. Um, but I don't think so. Not the way the Browns game went, though. I don't think I don't, the way the playoff the, game did. Yeah, the way the playoff game, I knew that he wasn't going to want to go out like that. But I also think um, – as hot as he started in 2020, like down the stretch, like you could just tell like his, it was starting to take a toll on his body. And like, yeah, I think that was a talking point that a lot of people missed during his season, like off where he was recovering from his elbow. Like it's just hard, man. Like 
people don't understand the toll that professional sports like takes on someone's body and like not playing. Like, I think everybody was looking at like, well, yeah, he's going to be fresh. Like he hasn't been hit in a year, da, da, da. But like a year older and then you got to jump right back into letting like younger 20 year olds like hit you, you know, all over the place. That's that's tough on your body to get readjusted. And I think it just took took its toll. And then this season, you know, they just everything just kind of was awful on offense, really from the jump um, offensive yeah. line. They couldn't run the ball, all kinds of issues. Um, you know, peep, I mean, I know Ray Ray and um, Chase have both alluded to like in the offseason, too, about like how banged up he was, like not being able to tie his shoes and all this other bull, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that's definitely a factor, too, for sure. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. The Ben story, I mean, it's going to continue. There's, Every time Ben speaks from here on out, I expect just headline after headline after headline because the dude's not going to hold back, and I love that. I do love For that. sure. All right, let's talk secondary. Number of questions. More questions than I expected to have when I started thinking about this. And I think the one that stands out most to me, just to start it, is I'm watching Trey Norwood. I watched Trey Norwood last year. And I, I know, like, you're going to start with Trey Norwood? Yeah. I watched Trey Norwood last year. I felt good about Trey Norwood, especially for what he was. You know, a seventh-round pick, shouldn't have played, played well. Really smart, supposed to be the next Cam Sutton. Expected him to have a big role this season. Then you bring in DeMonte KZ, who's also a bit of that Swiss Army knife. Experienced, has starting games. Isn't going to start over Terrell Edmonds, but, you know, is definitely going to play a role. How do you see those two? Because I don't want to ask if they're competing, but how do you see their roles this season in secondary? Yeah, it's really interesting, man. They, I mean, I think they have a, a good mix of slot guys. I mean, you mentioned Trey Norwood yeah. and, like, him being able to come in as, like, a dime defender last year playing the slot, you know, has a little bit of safety versatility. Um KZ's a little bit of that same way, man. Like, he's played a lot of nickel over his career. He's played, you know, safety. He's played deep middle. He's played in the box. Um, you know, I, I think really for KZ, the the big thing that I think is going to be worth noting is, like, he's not a good run defender and he's not a good tackler. So, but in terms of, like, playmaking skills and, like, being able to play the ball in the air, like, he's pretty opportunistic. I mean, he's had some good interception numbers over the course of his career. Um, so he's a guy that's going to be in the mix. And then we got Arthur Millette, who I think is kind of that guy, maybe more of that, like Mike Hilton role in terms of like, they want him in there on early downs when they expect the teams that be maybe be more, um, favorable to run the ball, <coughs> excuse me, but he's a guy that really plays a lot better. Like when he's moving forward, you start getting him in coverage where he's having a backpedal and runway receivers up the seams or down the field. You kind of saw in that Chicago game, that's really not what you want him doing. So you kind of want him almost as like a quasi linebacker kind of in the slot moving forward. So they got a lot of guys, still Cam Sutton. He's got that inside-outside versatility. Um, It's a lot of guys. They're going to have to figure out what kind of unit works best together. That's where I was going with that because Cam Sutton is getting a lot of talk, and I think he should to play in the slot or at least in the nickel. In minicamp, he did not. Does that like is that where you see? Because if they have KZ, why are you moving Sutton inside? But at the same time, you want Levi Wallace to be on the outside as much as you want. Sutton's strong suit might not be on the outside compared to the inside. Like, yeah. what do you do with him? 
I think it, it's going to be interesting because, I mean, I know like last year they played um, Cam a lot on the outside too. And yeah. in general, it's kind of interesting because they have preferred, I think, everything and all the pieces being the way they want it. They probably preferred to play Cam outside because he's not um, – He's not like overly physical and he's a guy that's improved against the run and as a tackler over the course of his career, but that's really not where he makes his mark. Um, he's just really a smart, smart dude. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. Cause I do feel like having Levi, I think it's going to be hard to keep him on the bench just based on how he played last year. So their best combination of guys may be some combination of Levi, Kello, Cam, and either KZ or Norwood. I mean, they have time to figure that, all of that out. Um, and maybe that's a mix and match thing depending on personnel. It could even be dependent on opposing teams that they face. They may may, may like their certain guys against certain matchups. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I think, I think the number one thing for me it does is it creates a lot of really good, healthy competition going into training camp. You know, you yeah. have a lot of guys fighting for – you know, I think we all kind of expect um, uh, the safety spots to kind of be solidified. Obviously, Minka. Um, and yeah, then yeah. I even think Terrell Evans is a lock to start, honestly, unless yeah, yeah, yeah. an injury or something crazy happens like that. Um, but the corners, how those kind of work out and sort out um, is going to be interesting to watch. It's going to be good competition. Yeah, I, I think it's it's super open to the point where I don't even think we know what to expect out of some guys like Norwood and KZ both work strictly safety at minicamp, but I don't expect that to be the case at training camp. And I can, I can see one of them staying there. Like I could see Norwood being the guy that plays a lot of safety behind Minka and maybe even behind Rel. But I then expect, I then expect DeMonte KZ to be the dude who moves pretty much all over the field, play that little bit of chess role that we thought Norwood was going to play just because he is that third down capable guy. I don't know. I'm Arthur Millette makes me nervous, but if you're going to run the football, Arthur Millette's the dude until he, you know, at some point I'm concerned about his health, but that's about as far as that gets. When it comes to Cam Sutton, I don't know what to expect. I'm going to keep it that way. Heading into training camp. I would say right now, Sutton's going to start on the outside. Levi Wallace is going to work his way in, but I think by the start of week one, that could be very, very different and it'll depend on a lot of things i truly i believe that whether or not the team keeps three quarterbacks could decide whether or not a guy like arthur millette's on the roster come week one because you're gonna have to make a decision there and the steelers roster is tight way too tight to be like you're not going to get rid of a jc hassenauer because you have no quality backup lineman to replace him with you'll get rid of an arthur millette because you have options to do that which, yeah. I mean, that's a good year. It's a good training camp year. All right, let's talk about Levi Wallace and Akella Witherspoon. I think Wallace is is what it is. We've broken him down quite a few times. Witherspoon's a guy that we've talked about probably even more, but I don't think there's answers to him, and I think that's what we have to do. We have to give some answers. AFC yeah. North's – oh, go ahead, go ahead. Your thoughts no, on I, it, both. I do agree. The one thing about Wallace, though, that I think is really interesting is um, – when we saw, when when we got the news that the Steelers were signing him, um, I was kind of familiar with him just coming out of Alabama, but um, and having some really good Buffalo Bills Twitter follows, I, I see a lot of his stuff on my timeline. <laughs> but um, really, what's your Wallace, ratio of NFL fans? 
Do you have like a group of fans for everywhere? Because I remember draft yeah. season, you're like, yeah, man, you want to know who has the best draft Twitter spaces? The Carolina Panthers. <laughs> and I was like, why? Why are you Yeah, there? I mean, I got a lot of people that I followed for a long time. Uh, and really, I have, I'm very lucky to have like a good amount of people that I can bounce ideas off of and learn from. So that's, that's really been awesome. Cover one, um, if you guys don't follow them, um, the best Buffalo Bills coverage, man. I've learned like so much like X's and O's stuff really from those guys. So shout out to them. But now Levi, to me, like when I was watching his tape, he just reminds me he is Joe Hayden, man. Like it, it really reminds oh, yeah. me a lot of um, Joe Hayden. Some of the things that he does really well in terms of like playing in zone coverage. Um, and if he gets at the line of scrimmage, he'll play that kind of like trail technique. A lot of stuff that we saw from Hayden kind of as he got older doesn't rely on his athleticism. You know, the good thing about Wallace is he is he is longer. Um, he's taller than Hayden, too. Um, so that'll be something, you know, different in that regard. But I think a really smart football player, physical, will tackle, will come up and support the run. He's really improved there over the years. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing how he kind of fits into that defense. Yeah, no doubt. When it comes to Witherspoon, there's a line. I think there's a lot of good AFC North wide receivers, too many probably. And at some point, he's probably going to have to cover every single one of them. When you look at the names in the AFC North, what's that line? Where's that line for Akella Witherspoon? Yeah, I mean, um, the notable ones are in Cincinnati. You know, we saw what yeah, the Bengals, yeah, yeah, obviously. We saw what the Bengals were able to do, um, you know, with uh, – with uh, their wide receivers last year, like when Pierre was in the game and, you know, things like that kind of transpired. But I uh, I think it's going to be interesting, man. I don't want to put a ceiling on what he's capable of just based off of what we saw, you know, last season. I mean, he was so, so good down the stretch, and I'm really excited to see if he can carry that over to this year. We've talked about that a lot. It's really just about the consens- consistency um athletically he can match up with just about anybody because he's got the size and the speed to really move with you know even the special receivers like jamar um do i think he's gonna lock those guys down no do i think they'll even have him like travel all over the field would kind of surprise me but in a way but um we'll kind of see see where we lead with that but i mean they're definitely relying on him even though his contract doesn't look like it, I think they're relying on him to be a number one corner this year. If they really want their defense um, to be that really good dominant defense that kind of carries the team. Yeah, they are the hundred percent. Everything I've heard says Akella Witherspoon is the next Ike Taylor, literally like that's the, I think that's the expectations for him and he's still young. All right. Can they match up against Cincy? You put, you put T Higgins, Tyler Boyd and, Jamar Chase on the football field right now. What's the – give me the lineup you're going with for the Pittsburgh Steelers on at cornerback, and can they stop them? Yeah, I mean, um, for that, I would probably put Weatherspoon on Chase, Wallace on Higgins, and then Sutton on Boyd. I don't feel great about that, but, I mean <laughs> – you also got to keep things in perspective too. Like there's not a lot of NFL teams that are going to feel good about that. I mean, that's arguably no. the best receiver core in the league. So um, using yeah, that you as a bench- play twice a year. Yeah. That's using that thing. as a benchmark is something the Steelers have to do though, because they're in yeah. your division. You know, if you, if you want to 
and especially you know they did you can say what you want about the Super Bowl run fluky or not but um you know they did represent represent the AFC in the Super Bowl last year so you're gonna have to eventually go you might have to go through those guys a third time in the playoffs if you get there so um that's kind of the the lineup that I think works best against those guys against the pass um you know Witherspoon like we talked about man like um quarterback rating against last year and this is including that touchdown to Henry Ruggs like early in the season where Minka left him out the dry um 23.5 I mean quarterbacks had a better chance of spiking the ball than throwing his way last year um 0.8 yards per coverage snap I mean 6.1 yards per catch I mean it really really incredible numbers I mean he was he was lights out down the stretch and I really think that um the pass defense looked a lot better when he was in the game so oh yeah no doubt boy the spoon is the answer to the Steelers secondary it's either going to be a bad answer or a good answer but if he plays well he's their dude it's that two-year contract turned into a five-year contract probably instantly and Levi Wallace has an opportunity I think to do the same thing because both how old's Levi Wallace he's got to be 24 25 years old like yeah he's he's young He's younger as well. I'm trying. I'm about to look up and see what what his you got. Two is. dudes that you can build off of. I think that's the biggest thing, and yeah, the guys both, behind them. Yeah, both Levi and Akilla are kind of like same age. Um, Levi just turned 27. I think Akilla is the same age too. I think he's got to be pretty close. He might be 26. Yeah, he's 27 too. They're like only a couple months apart. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I mean, like you said, man, there's um there's reason for optimism because both Wallace and Akillo had probably their best stretches of football last season. And that's really what you want if you're looking for like a bright spot or optimism. Um the key is gonna be the consistency and obviously can they do it um in this division, especially with Cincy. Yep, I agree. That's that's the benchmark. I mean, especially after who Baltimore's got Rashad Bateman, Mark Andrews, which is a whole other animal. Yeah. Who, who are you lining up against Mark Andrews? I think it's probably going to be Edmonds, I guess, um, just because that's, oh, that's, that's who fine. it's probably going to – yeah, that's who it's going to fall under. I mean, they – he's had some weird games against the Steelers, like Andrews has. He's had a lot of yeah. drops, I feel like, against us. Uh, I don't – I don't really know. Um, I don't really know. I think he's a really good player, but I don't. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I've, I really liked Rashad Bateman coming out of college. So I'm interested to see. I mean, I just don't think that Greg Roman's scheme is like really beneficial for receivers. So I'm yeah. kind of in wait and see mode with that. But I even I, I watched a little bit of Bateman tape over the off season. I thought really towards the end of the season he played pretty well. So he's good. Good young, good young player. Yeah, yeah, they'll be fine. And then Cleveland, I don't think there's any. You can't talk about anything in Cleveland until you understand who the quarterback is going to be. So that's here's my question for Cleveland, which is totally off topic. Is Josh Rosen going to win the quarterback battle? <laughs> if you're a coach, are you putting Jacoby Brissett, Josh Dobbs, or Josh Rosen out there? Truthfully, Dobbs has an opportunity. If I'm playing, if I'm coaching, I'm thinking, well, you know, Dobbs is the only one who's only been cut from Jacksonville. So, better. Man, I uh, 
I don't know. I, I thought we talked to this a couple weeks ago. I think Brissett's terrible. I really do. Terrible. I think is he awful. worse than Josh Rosen though? He's worse. I I know he's not as good as obviously Kenny, but or Mason. I think Mason's better than he is. I I don't know. I don't if I'll just stick to my original prediction. If he starts both games against the Steelers this year, the Steelers will sweep him. That's my prediction. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I don't think they're going to lose. I mean, I think if Watson plays, it's a different story, but. Um, I don't think Cleveland can beat Pittsburgh with to go over set at quarterback. I mean, I just don't. I just don't. I don't care about how good the rest of the roster is. Um, I just don't think he's good enough. Now, Rosen, really interesting. I mean, he's bounced around, man. He's had, I mean, some people say it's a bad shake. Some people say, you know, bust, whatever you call it. Um, that would be a good opportunity for him, though. I mean, you got to seize those moments. We'll see how he looks in preseason. Um you know, Dobbs, I think he is what he is. Um, we've seen him for a while here. So um, it's interesting. I'll say Jacoby wins it, but, you know, really by lack of default, I'll say that. <laughs> Not off like, This is the most unenthusiastic. Like, you've talked about quarterbacks for a whole year. You've hated every second of it. I've never seen you so unenthusiastic talking about a group of quarterbacks. Jacoby, I, I just think – I think Jacoby's terrible. I hate watching him play, too. So <laughs> – I I agree. I agree. And Josh Rosen's. I was told by an ex, we'll we'll call it a friend of Josh Rosen, that he's pretty open about the fact that he doesn't actually like to play football. He just likes being a millionaire, and he's naturally good at football. Which you know, must be me, nice. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Like, if I if I didn't care about something and still got drafted tenth overall in the hardest thing ever. I just call it a day, man. Like I want, <laughs> I want life. And there's no need to do anything else. All right. Uh, before we head out this, I got a, I got a question about depth. James Pierre, I think is still in some people's minds believed to be the guy behind whoever starts on the outside. I, I personally believe Justin Lane's got that locked in my 53 man roster part two, I guess is going to come out just because I was forced to do part two. Let's make that clear to everybody because as soon as that came out of my mouth, I know everybody listening was like, why is this dude dropping a second 53-man roster? It's July. Yeah, forced, okay? Forced. Uh, I got Justin Lane by a mile just because he plays special teams. Am I wrong? Yeah, I think for both of them, it's going to come down to special teams. I mean, um, you're only going to keep their – the way they construct their roster, I mean, you're going to keep five to six corners. Um, yeah. Now, you know, we mentioned a lot of guys earlier, you know, safety, versatile guys like KZ and Norwood could be, you know, placed back there and not in the fold there in terms of the quarterback mix. Um, I think Wallace, Akello, and um, Sutton are obviously locks. Um, yeah. And then it's, you know, kind of like guys like Arthur Millett, the slot guys, whatever you classify KZ and Norwood as. And then, you know, probably one of Justin Lane or James Pierre. I'm not sure both of them make it if everybody's healthy. Um, but I do agree that special teams are going to play a big role. Um, as, as much as Justin Lane has been non-existent in terms of developing into a boundary corner at this level, He's a pretty solid gunner, and that's the thing. Like that's, that's his I mean. role on this team is he's gonna run down the four. He's gonna run down the five or six punts, and the kicks, and that's really what he's gonna do. So 
Um, you need guys like that towards the bottom of the roster, and that's not to say like they can't upgrade upon that. Um, you know, we talked about maybe maybe could they look in free agency, or maybe if somebody gets let go during the preseason, like would they look at maybe another boundary capable corner, um, especially if there's an injury. I don't know, but. You know, Pierre really struggled last year. I mean, we don't need to really lament that, but it's going to come down to special teams, you know, and that's going to be a good battle to watch. You know, I I always – I love those training camp battles for the guys that are fighting for, you know, the 47th, 48th guys on the roster. Um, They're fun. Yeah. Watching Trey Edmonds make a – not a roster, but a practice squad spot every year, that's like pure determination every year. That dude works harder than everybody on the field. Because he's got zero natural ability. And we're going to get to see a lot of that, um, you know, in preseason too. Because we're going to get to see Lane and Pierre in preseason. We'll see if they've either one of them have, you know, developed at all. I mean, Pierre does have the edge on him and just in terms of, like, playing experience. Because I think Pierre played more last year, um, especially in the first half of the season, than Lane really has gotten the chance to over the course of his career. And he was playing over Justin. Um but special teams, I, I do agree with you. I think that's going to be the determining factor. So we'll see who kind of makes more of a splash um, in that regard. Um, but it's going to be fun. I'm excited about seeing them two kind of battle it out. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Do you think that having Levi Wallace, Sutton, and Akello Witherspoon, like, is that enough? N- not, not in, like, the hard sense of the fact, but more of enough for them to feel comfortable to be like, oh yeah, we like our last guy doesn't have to be because last year James Pierre and Justin Lane both saw the field. You know, like there was times during yeah. the game where James Pierre was on the field until Akella Witherspoon became that guy. Yeah, you know, it's having those three just like oh, okay, well we're fine. We don't have to. Worry yeah, about those two. I, if if those three guys are healthy, I think it's okay. I mean that that's the thing is you know making sure that those guys are healthy and how are they, um, how are they playing in that regard, but. I wouldn't be opposed to having another guy added there, especially somebody if they do play special teams and as an upgrade over one of those two. I mean, I think it would be, give you great depth. Um, do I see them doing that? I'm not really sure what their plan is or who's going to yeah. be available, who makes sense. Like I said, it's got to be your fourth or fifth cornerbacks have to play special teams. So that's the thing. You can't just sign a guy who doesn't contribute in that regard because they're going to have a hard time getting a helmet. So um, I don't feel great about James Pierre playing on defense if it comes to that. But um, I think they've got enough in terms of the top three guys to avoid that um, to where that player is probably just going to be mainly special teams anyway. And then what about Joe Hayden new one-year deal? I don't think he – what do you – I think – go ahead, answer that one. Answer that one. I'm just rambling. Yeah, I'm no, I, um, I think that's kind of just my point with the – I, he's not – I don't think Hayden is an upgrade over any of the three guys that you mentioned at this stage of his career. No. He's a boundary-only corner, so he doesn't even come, like, kind of with the versatility that a guy like Sutton does. Um, loved having Joe here. It was awesome watching him, you know, in a Steelers uniform. I just think that, like I said, Wallace is kind of like a younger, upgraded version of him, I think, and at this stage of his career anyway. And – um he doesn't he's not gonna play special teams so like you know what are you gonna use him for if he's not um if he's not gonna be an upgrade over those other guys and he's not gonna play special teams like 
I just don't I don't see the point. Now, if there's an injury or something like that, say, you know, heaven forbid one of those guys go down for like long term, then like, yeah, 100 percent, like do it. Yeah. Um, if that's if that's what they deem is, you know, the best, you know, kind of available option, then I'm cool with that. But as of right now, I just don't see it, to be honest. Did you see the Bills players have been recruiting Hayden to Buffalo? That's interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, it literally, would make sense because of the Wallace. I was going to say, you literally just mentioned Levi Wallace and then being the same player. It it would be interesting, too, because they drafted Kyer Elam, and I think Elam is um, definitely a student of the game, smart player, has a lot to learn, um, but incredibly talented. Loved, loved kind of studying him through the draft process. Um, they got Trey White. I mean, that would be a really good landing spot for him because part of um, – you know, part of the way that Levi was so successful last year, the Bills had the best safety do in the league with Poyer and Hyde. Um, and they have so much speed on their defense with like Edmonds, Matt Milano, guys like that. So they can kind of shrink the field for Wallace, who's not really athletically gifted. And if they needed Hayden to play early on, if Elam wasn't ready or whatever, um, they could do the same thing for him. And it would be a kind of an advantageous situation, in my opinion. But um, that's interesting. I had not seen that, but that definitely oh. makes sense in my mind. So yeah, we're up to I want to say four players now: Diggs, Von Miller, somebody. I else, know Poyer. He's close with. I know he's close with Diggs. I think they train together, and I think Vaughn too. So that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. What do you think the Steelers? Where do you think the Steelers' be defense would be if we still had Mike Hilton? I, th- I kind of like the Mike Hilton narrative. Everybody just keeps asking, what was the Mike Hilton there? Like, what, when you remember Mike Hilton's contributions, half of the people say he sucked. Half of the people say he's the best slot corner in football for four years. And, like, it's there's nobody in the middle that was like, oh, yeah, he was kind of good. Like, every, it's one side or the other. Yeah, I mean, Hilton's good at what he does playing downhill. I, I just don't – I don't think he's that good of a cover guy. That's why I would have kind of – I, not that I thought that Cincinnati gave him like outrageous money. I don't think what he signed six for twenty four. Was that it? Yeah, or, yeah. I thought it was four, it four was for twenty four. Four for twenty four. Yeah, 24. I mean, obviously he he deserved a much um, a much needed um, pay bump. But did that was that something that bothered me a ton when they let him go? Not really. I just don't. I don't know. Pittsburgh really values that run stopping nickel position, um, and it is important. I just. I don't know that that's worth six million a year. Um, I think you can find that elsewhere, but that's just my opinion on it. I, I would, if to me, I, I think if we're looking at ways that they could have or should have upgraded the cornerback position, I, we, I, I'm just going to go back to they should have probably invested in a number one corner over the past couple of years. That's, <laughs> if you really want, if you really want to make that um, positional group, you know, a strength. I mean, you got to go get that guy. And they just don't. They refuse to invest in that guy. So yeah, and you can't draft at this point. Anybody Mike Tomlin drafts in the first round that's a cornerback instantly becomes Artie Burns. It like instantly becomes Artie Burns. All right, we're heading out of here. Thank you everybody for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash All Steelers Talk. And as always, go use our promo code at Manscaped.com for twenty percent off plus free shipping. We'll be back on. Sometime next week, training camp's right here. We'll figure it all out. We appreciate you. Enjoy your weekend. Peace.